to be the message conveyed throughout this country right now? Well, I think the message needs to be uh, uh, conveyed that we are about to go into a political period uh, that is uh, uh, not unlike the political period in 1876. It's not unlike uh, 1968, in which race is on the agenda, whether explicitly or implicitly. The Democrats have never really been effective since... Lee Atwater made it clear that race was going to be used uh, as a political cudgel. So this is the opportunity to prepare Americans to support uh, the idea behind multiracial democracy, not allow race to get into the way, and say what they stand for once and for all. Professor Kimberly Crenshaw, we thank you so much for being with us, Executive Director of the African American Policy Forum, Professor of Law at UCLA and Columbia University. That does it for our show, Democracy Now! Produced with Renee Feltz, Mike Burke, Dina Gesder, Messiah Rhodes, Nareen Sheikh, Marie Tarasena, Tammy Warnock, Trina Nadura, Sam Alcoff, Tamari Astudio, John Hamilton, Robbie Karen, Hani Massoud, Sanjeev Lopez. I'm Amy Goodman. Thanks so much for joining. KBO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming on the web at kboo.fm. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the 33rd annual Cascade Festival of African Films starting Friday, February 3rd until Saturday, March 4th. Screenings will take place every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, bringing live interviews with filmmakers, community conversations, and more. Films will be screened at PCC Cascade, Hollywood Theater, and virtually. Full schedule and location information can be found at africanfilmfestival.org. That's the 33rd annual Cascade Festival of African Films, happening throughout the month of February in celebration of Black History Month. Full schedule and location information can be found at africanfilmfestival.org. Good morning. You are listening to More Talk Radio here on your community radio station, KBOO.FM, 90.7 in Portland, 91.9 in Hood River, 104.3 in Cordvallis, and via the World Wide Web, it is KBOO.FM. We are broadcasting um, today is Monday, the 6th of February, 2023. And I am Cecil Prescott, and I am your host this morning, and thank you so much for listening. For those of you who are listening live, I invite you to uh, join our morning conversation by calling in. Our numbers are 503-231-8187. For those of you who are listening at another time, probably you should not call in, but you can listen or you can send us a message if you have a question or something you want to share and we can respond later. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us this morning and I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, my co-host Celeste Carey is unable to join us this morning so I am depending upon your wisdom and your insight to make up for some of the things that Celeste contributes each each week. In the meantime, I want to follow up a little bit on, for those of you who are listening live, uh, preceding our program, uh, Democracy Now! is broadcast. And some of the issues that Democracy uh, Now! 
talk about were a lot of the discussion that has taken place nationally around education. The hosts interviewed um, Kimberly Crenshaw, a a scholar who has written extensively on 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 history and intersectionality, who find herself and her writing um, under attack by those who are not educators, but, but probably more politicians. Um, and as part of this ongoing, and I think they developed the position very well during the interview, this ongoing attack on on education. So it's not merely an attack on on the curricula, uh, but it is attack on actually public education itself, and something that has been fundamental to this nation since the 19th century. Um, it continues to be under attack, and we see all sorts of way in which it is under attack, whether it is the movement for charter schools, it is the movement to defund public education, to critique uh, public educators. All of it is part of an ongoing, unending, persistent effort to change the way we educate ourselves, our children, our nation, and to offer uh, an alternative way of viewing the world. One in which it's interesting the governor of Florida talks about indoctrination and what in fact I think the attack on, on, on public education and certain writers, certain scholars, and yes, indeed, certain books is actually an attack, a long-term effort to not only undermine but also to emphasize a certain ideological uh, correctness um, that ought to be a part of the education curricula. Huh. Well, I got that off of my my chest, and I don't want to focus solely on that, but I just feel so, I don't know whether it's ang- yes, yes, angry at what I hear so often, um, and the attack on, on education. It is no surprise that there's lots that troubles us. Uh, those of you who are listening live are aware of the, um, earthquake um, in, in, in Turkey, I believe, um, that has already uh, took the life of 1,700 individuals, um, something that we are, are concerned about and certainly something that we are worried about. But those aren't only things that are difficult or bad uh, in in our news cycle today, so it's not only the attack on public education, on 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 public schools, public libraries, books, uh, but natural disasters, uh, war continues to be something that impact all of us. I wanted to begin this show not only focusing on those crises and those important issues. But would like to ask you um, to think about this is the beginning of a new day. It's the beginning of a new uh, work week. We're at the beginning of a a new month. Um, what are some of the good news things that uh, that encouraged you, that helped you out of your your bed this this morning. Uh, for those of you who are in the Portland, Oregon region, we woke up this this weekend 
with the announcement that there has been a settlement uh, of the Portland workers who have been on strike. A tentative agreement with the city has been reached after many hours of of, of mediation, of bargaining, uh, more than 600 city employees went on strike after years of nearly a year of negotiation and uh, finally uh, those people who are responsible for fixing our sewage, cleaning trash at the city parks and clearing streets of ice and snows among other tasks have reached a settlement with the city uh, the strike has been settled and that is a bit of good news so Thank you all those who have been a part of those negotiations and want to honor the workers of those who continue to do the work to make sure that our city, that our society continues. So you might have news or certain concerns. Give us a call at 503-231-8187. Let me put on my glasses so I can see what Ray is telling me. I think Ray... Ray's telling me that we have a caller. Molly. Okay, well, good morning, Molly, on this, the sixth day of February. How are you, Molly? Good morning, Cecil. And, of course, I'm always uh, so happy to hear your voice. And I guess Celeste is not here today. But I just thought I would get in immediately on the conversation, since I have that opportunity through KBOO, and just put in... um, about the education aspect that you mentioned in the Amy Goodman show of Newocracy Now that was on. Um, I, I can speak as somebody who, well, I was very lucky to have been a teacher at a, at a point in my life. Mm. I was at the uh, Peninsula Year-Round School, so I had kindergarten through fifth grade in the summers because it's year-round school, and then also at the high school level. Uh, so I experienced all ages, and... The hopefulness, let me just say, of of the year and the months and all of that is the lifetime of the human being, which starts as a young child. And we know from past experiences of you know young Indian children being taken in and all kinds of countries trying to 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 form communist parties in China, children's ideas at a young age that. The young human being, of which we all are human beings, is very uh, malleable and can be taught just about anything. Young people are much smarter than we give them credit, and they can learn, we all do learn, most of what we see of the world at very young ages. So I just want to put in that you know worry. I know that I agree with you, but the plug for the importance of public schools, because because as a teacher, I learned this firsthand that I wasn't the teacher. It was all the children together sitting in the room, no matter what age, and I experienced all from kindergarten up to high, senior and high school. They were all the same in that they learned from each other more than they learned from anything else. And one of the things they learn in a, in a public school, especially not when they've all been taken away and they're all the, the same type of people in the same type of religion or whatever in a in a private type of school, they learn the differences of another person. When I saw an Asian child, I had Somali kids, Russian kids that had come over here. During that time, there was a lot of them. They barely spoke English, but they were immediately put into to the public school because they had to adjust. And, of course, the, the white, African-American, Asian, all the different types and uh, more poor, more rich, more, you know, were all on an equal place sitting in a classroom together and they learned so much from that I don't want to go on anymore about it well thank you so much for for sharing and for um, giving us some insight on the importance of, of public education um, before I let you go yeah. I want to ask you um, say you're stuck in an elevator uh, with someone who is angry about our education system, uh, especially public education. 30 seconds. Um, what would you add on about the why public education is important? Because uh, 
all walks of life are mingled together and without even realizing uh, at the time, you realize later the importance of having that exposure to people that are different than you. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about students themselves. Regardless of teachers, and teachers, of course, have profound influences, and we found this later in life, that it was one teacher who made the difference in your life. You know, one one teacher is a very powerful person, so I'm not putting it just on the students because it's important to have teachers that are that are great at every level, and certainly preschool would be the most important. That's when they're the most formative time for learning to uh, think for yourself. Well, thank you so much, Marley. Thank you for teaching, and thank you for being that important person and and probably many people's life who you know you probably never get in contact with again who remember you as a teacher and the uh, power the influence you had on their lives thank you so much thank you very much and you also Cecil thank you have a great day you're listening to more talk radio here on KBOO 90.7 in Portland our numbers are 503-231-8187 and Chuck has something to share good morning Chuck uh, good morning, Cecil. Thank you for taking my call. Um, the main reason America is a white supremacist nation is because of public education. Okay, say you, you laid it out. There's that pregnant pause. Um, explain, explain it. Well... Because of public education, uh, people do not, people are not aware. Well, let's put it this way: uh, those who advocate for democracy in a majority white country advocate for white supremacy. Minorities are without rights in a democracy. Okay. I mean, explain it a little bit more. Um, and maybe because you, you talk about democracy and you talk about public education, explain the link and why is it that minorities do not have the right that... America is a national socialist nation just like the Nazis were and the reason that people aren't aware of that is because they have not been educated properly so what is the solution how do how my people get educated if it's not the public education system I believe uh, Frederick Douglass was a very educated man, and he lived uh, prior to the Civil War. So I believe that black people uh, prior to the Civil War were probably better educated than they are today. Well, I, I don't know whether that's true, better educate. That's a relative term, um, and if the vast majority are, are, it's forbidden by law to to learn to read. If you are enslaved, I don't think you are better educated. Than well, see, this is this all goes back to public education. You you have to understand is that the public education system. Uh, is a modeled after a uh, the public education system in America is modeled after the German uh, education system, which is what turned uh, the Germans into Nazis. Okay, well, I I think we're going off the rail here, so I'm going to put you off and and thank you for for your your suggestions and your ideas and maybe we'll ponder them more and return to it later. Thank you so much, Chuck. 
You are listening to More Talk Radio here on your community radio station, KBOO-FM. Our numbers are 503-231-8187. We, be- we began this morning by talking about uh, our education system, and where do we go from here? A couple of callers have shared. Uh, Molly, who has, uh, was, has been a teacher, um, shared some of her perspective, and Chuck, who you just heard, gave his um, unorthodox understanding of American education system, the, its origin. Uh, but let's hear what Mark has to say right now. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Cecil. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I am an overlooked uh, freelance translator, and I happened upon a, uh, a recommended site, uh, Blogging Pro, which uh, offers uh, freelance writers uh, uh, different jobs, different places to uh, to 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 be to be heard. I, I'm totally amazed at how uh, the the concerns or how fashion, food, celebrities, and travel can dominate uh, the current discussion. So there, there's there seem to be hardly any uh, uh, outlets for for deeper conversations for. Uh, Encouragements for intensive life, grappling with the meaning of life, with uh, spirituality, um, with the differences and commonalities of Christianity and Judaism and, and Buddhism. Um, we we seem to be witnesses to uh, in a, an elite democracy where the concentrated wealth leads to a narrowing of of discussion. Um, I, I'm also amazed at how Canada is uh, routinely repressed, never mentioned in the corporate media. Uh, back in 2014, Vancouver built a welcoming center for refugees. It's a three-structure building uh, with 150 beds and language courses and uh, integration programs. This is a very valuable uh, initiative, you know, which should be uh, em- emulated, replicated in uh, in our country. Well, let me ask you, um, Mark, um, about this, um, your, your view that um, concentrated wealth lead to a narrowing of discussion, and you offer the uh, the alternative of of what you see in Vancouver, how might we uh, move beyond the concentration of wealth, and how might we discover places or opportunities for deeper discussions? Well, I think critical thinking and culture shock are, are two very important ways to uh, move out of our one-dimensional society. Uh, Herbert Marcuse wrote a book, uh, The One-Dimensional Man, and he described the one-dimensional society as a society governed by fear. Uh, I think he was uh, very much a prophet, and so we, we need to uh, read his, his work as well as uh, George Orwell's 1984 and uh, Aldous Huxley, Brave New World, um, and then, and then, of course, if if we just simply go, if we go to Vancouver, spend a weekend there, maybe at the Patricia Hotel in a poor part of Vancouver, but close to the Carnegie Community Center, we'll we'll be shocked, we'll be amazed at uh, the social ethics, at the the welcoming nature of the Canadian society, uh, the happiness of people. Living in the uh, uh, Canadian spirit, you know. Okay. Well, um, and hey. I also wanted to mention that um, um, that uh, uh, Lonnie Grenier okay. was um, was 
uh, proposed by Clinton, President Clinton, to be uh, Attorney General, and she said minor- majority rule must be balanced by minority protection. I think that's a very important insight that needs to be repeated and discussed, you know. Thanks for your passion. Okay. Well, 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 thank you so much, Mark. You mentioned several things that we could go into deeper. Um, one correction, Lonnie Grenier was um, Clinton offered her for not attorney general, but for an assistant or associate attorney general. Yes. Um, thank you. Hey, well, thank you so much. And thank you for calling and for sharing. Thank you, Mark. And let's go to Santiago. Good morning, Santiago. Good morning. Um, you know, I think it's really important to remember, and I'm a little late to this conversation, so if I miss something, you know, let me know. But basically, you know, education in America is skewed towards um, creating social cohesion in favor of the of the demographic of people who uh, stole the land and uh, removed the people. So ultimately there is only so much education that will be allowed within the system. Um, you know, any, you know, like for instance, they had a really good program in uh, Arizona where they were doing like a Chicano studies program. But what they were doing is they were actually teaching the real history of who the founding fathers were and the type of atrocities they committed. And they came in and basically called it un-American. You know, they were reporting them to like UAC and stuff because they didn't, right. you know, because they were saying, well, this is, this is just un-American. You're teaching people to hate America, and it's like you're not teaching people to hate America. People can figure that out on their own if you just tell them the truth about, you know, what happened with this nation. You don't have to tell anybody to hate America when, you know, <laughs> when you know when you know exactly what was done in the name of people who came before you to be able to have the land you're standing on. So. I think it's I think it's really important. And what that one brother was saying about the, you know, about the um, the Nazi socialists, the National Socialist thing. I mean, he's not a hundred percent wrong. I mean, you know, the America was supporting the Nazis. So you know, when uh, when push came to shove and FDR, you know, pushed for the group for the for the New Deal. Um, you know, the Duponts and all the rich and all the rich folks. You know, when they realized they were. They were going to have to give up their money. They almost installed their own fascist dictator named Smiley Butler, but he found out what the deal was and uh, ratted them all out and then wrote a book called War is a Racket. So anyway, but the point is, is that, you know, when it comes to, you know, America is, you know, America is America is a lie. You know, America is a corporation masquerading as a nation state. You know, the, the, it has no community. It's a giant, it's a giant, lustrous, beautiful building with no foundation whatsoever. The slightest push against it will knock it over. So you know, let me America- ask you, Santiago, because of, of, of this awareness of, of America, and, and thank you for mentioning the example um, um, that you gave of, of uh, Chicano studies. Um, so much of what we hear in the general mass media is that well we don't want to teach our kids things about America that and I don't know exactly what we don't want them to know the bad things about America because somehow that's wrong or we don't want kids to quote feel bad how do you um, how do you push back effectively against this uh, refusal to see a a broader view of of our society. Well, if I tell you, if if you're suffering from an ailment, and you've gone and you know, and everything is telling you that it's cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's like you've gone through every other diagnosis, but everybody around you is telling you, "Oh, don't get that diagnosis. You don't want to know what it is." You know what I mean? Like, yes. there's this underlying sickness that has been tried to be tackled by everything. You know, even the New Deal was not successful, ultimately. And that was probably the best solution that was provided by the system itself. And ultimately, it's understanding that the reason why we're suffering is because, you know, it's like, you can't, you, it's the underlying reason why the country exists. You know, America 
unlike a lot of other nations that it disparages, has no communal history. You know, it has it has, has, has no, no history. what history. It has no communal history. Communal. It has no connection to the past. Mm-hmm. You know, there there. America yeah. has none of the things that many of the other larger countries have. You know, you think of like even whiteness. Like whiteness is, I mean, anywhere else you go in the world, whiteness is synonymous to American. White people have no history. Uh, Norse people do. Irish people do. Um, you know, there's a lot of like indigenous white communities that have connections to the earth that they can they can draw on that wisdom from but whiteness erases all of that in favor of a colonial identity yes that's why when you say like it's okay that when people are like talking about like it's okay to be white it's like what does it mean to be white because i know what it means to be brown you know what it means to be black like you ask a white person what it means to be white they can't explain it none of them give a explanation a, a sufficient explanation of what it means to be white they can tell you you know, they can talk about being a human uh, being, but we're all human beings. Right. You know what I mean? But they have no they have no historical definition of what white is. And so, like, and because white is synonymous with American, because, I mean, you know, people can argue it all, all you know, the live on day, but our rights as black and brown folks, trans and queer folks, we can have our rights taken away at any time, and we're seeing that right now through the Supreme Court. Certainly. The point is, is that you can't you know, America just has no foundation. Everything that we've been built upon, everything we've been told is a lie. And the and the more we dig into it, the more it upsets the system because it can't hide itself anymore. Right. So, I mean, it's just, you know, just realizing that the education system that we have is geared towards creating that social cohesion. And when we teach stuff that goes against the, the big lie that we're told it disrupts that social cohesion and you know and a lot of the and a lot of the the liberal and uh, conservative bases you know the the corporate ones will complain about oh well you know it's it's teaching people what they mean by it is teaching people to hate america is it's disrupting social cohesion yeah like I, if i tell you the truth about your about your rapey uncle you know, it's going to cause you to hate your uncle, but it's not because, you know, well, I want you to hate your uncle. It's like I'm telling you that he's a terrible person, and when you learn the things that he did, then you're going to be like, oh, well, that's a bad dude. And it's like, I didn't tell you to hate him. You came up with that on your own. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, th- so, I think I think you, you make an excellent point when you mention in terms of social cohesion, and that's what our education system has been, always about in terms of constructing a society where we uh, march in step um, to this um, this vision of who we think we are and that uh, much like um, looking be, be behind the 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 um, behind the stage uh or behind the the curtain, we see that it isn't what it really is, and people are mm-hmm. afraid and frightened and and strike out against that. Well, you know, and just one more thing, because I know I've been on here a little bit. You know, for all the for all the liberals out there who, uh, you know, who are just you know they're, they're appalled by all this violence going on, realize that like all of the games that we have as a society were won in blood by the people who were suffering the most from the eight hour work day to the to the weekend to overtime to civil rights to women's rights to gay and trans rights all of those rights were won in blood those rights were not given to us we had to fight for them and i think that that's what people are missing right now is that we've kind of lost our fighting spirit because neoliberal neoliberalism has told us that america is the beacon of democracy when in reality all the democracy we have was from the ground up from you know socialist movements not national socialists but revolutionary socialists you know what i mean so it i do <laughs> you know what i'm saying like if those those are so when they tell you that oh you know that when they start complaining that oh you know that's communist like yeah a yeah. lot of movements <laughs> were inspired by communists exactly so, hey thank you so much um santiago and and yep. I, I kind of, I kind of appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, that is socialism. Yeah, and 
Yeah, got, got a problem with that? Exactly. <laughs> if you oh. got a problem with it, that's your problem. All right. Well, thank you so much, Santiago. <laughs> you are listening to More Talk Radio here on KBOO. Today is, um, we are broadcasting on Monday, the 6th of February. Our numbers here are 503-231-8187. My name is Cecil. I am um, your your host this morning, and I want to invite you to give us a call. Uh, again, 503-231-8187. We began talking about um, education and our system. And our last caller, um, Santiago, gave his perspective on on the thoughts, the difficulty, the challenges of our society and so how so much of our society is built to uh, create a, quote, social cohesion and that when you counter that then you are threatening and the forces that be don't like you but what do we do about that how do we get beyond that give us a call and let me know what are some of your thoughts 503-231-8187 um santiago and and others um this morning talked about the necessity um to have a and, and these are my words, a, a well-rounded education, which in fact reveals the the beautiful and the ugly, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of our society and our history. And we should not be afraid of that. So much in what we hear of those who are pontificating um, before the microphones in front of cameras, are creating, I think, are creating an an ideological f- force that's that is saying that these are the things that we have to do. We have to think in a certain way, and if we do otherwise, then we, our society, our air quote society is threatened and we have to re- resent resent that and resist that and so so much of what we hear today about the attack on public education public schools public libraries um, is because there are many people who are are actually asking um, critical questions and I would say that in any living vital, Democracy; those type of questions um, should be not only permitted but should be encouraged because unless we begin to question, and this is my own ideological framework, unless we begin to question these things, then we will not be able to see them fully and be able to move beyond if we need to to shape things differently. So, so those are some of my thoughts and I encourage you to give us a call 503-231-8187 now as we speak about our, our system and the challenges we face uh, those of you who who are listening are aware that the President of the United States will give his State of the Union speech uh, tomorrow this will be his uh, his State of the Union speech before a the new Congress, a divided Congress, a Republican-controlled House, a Democratic-controlled um, Senate, and he will give his speech. Uh, probably later in the spring, he will the president will announce uh, his candidacy um, for re-election. Um, so he's given his State of the Union speech right now probably laying the groundwork of what he believes should be um, celebrated about what his administration is doing and has done and making a case on why the American people should uh, offer him the opportunity to be president for another four years. But what do you think should be addressed in the State of the Union speech? What issues uh, will probably be covered or addressed. What things will be ignored? Um, if you were being, if you were an advisor to the president, um, what would you suggest that he say? What are the issues 
that should be talked about that aren't talked about. How would you respond to these issues? Our numbers here are 503-231-8187. Um, certainly, the State of the Union is an opportunity um, for the president to lay his case about our society. And certainly, there is much that will, I su- suspect, will. there is much that will concern the president in his speech and things that he will address. But what are things that he won't address? Certainly, I think he will talk about the war in Europe. Certainly, he will talk about the um, tensions uh, between the United States and um, China. Hopefully, he will could talk about the economy and the necessity um, to address um, climate change. But what are other issues? Will will he mention um, racism? Will he talk about the need, um, the cons- issues, what we have been talking about earlier this morning about education and the need um, to encourage people to uh, support education, public education? Many things that the president might say. So, if you were the presidential advisor, what would you say? Let's go to Joan, who might want to talk about this or something else. Good morning, Joan. Hi. I called because of Santiago and what he said, which was really brilliant and true. And I uh, now here I am supposed to advise the president. <laughs> I have no idea how to advise the president. But I wanted to comment where I thought Santiago was going, mm-hmm. which is that what right now we have social unrest. Yes. It's obvious. All you have to do is look around and see we're breaking apart. And what holds us together is our common humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's what's good about this place. And there's a lot of things that are wrong with it. I mean, what's good about it, first of all, is the land itself. We have a land where there is no famine. I'm not the first person to say this. We've got this beautiful land, and it's one of the things, not that we have it. I mean, whatever we, you know, I I don't own any of it. I own a grave plot. That's about (laughs) it. But um, uh, we're here right now, and we're in a land that that has no famine. Mm. And we have to understand that that's one of the greatnesses of this place. It's one of the things that make us strong, and we have to protect that. To ruin the land itself is just sheer stupidity. And how can you live in a land uh, that's strong when you're destroying the rivers and the air and everything else? That's one of our strengths. Mm-hmm. And the strength of the people is that is our common humanity, because we're, we're a nation that was not really founded on nationalism. And I think this is sort of the end of nationalism. The borders are disappearing, where they're being made to disappear. And we have to get past nationalism. And what we've got Uh, with all its flaws and difficulties, is a nation that's formed from every nation in the world. That's the other thing that makes us strong. And of course, there were people who were brought here who had no intention of coming, and people who came under very difficult circumstances and everything else, but we're here, and what we've got is common humanity. And of course, there's there's no such thing as white people. That's really obvious. And it's embarrassing to me to be lumped in with this, with this idea that was created by fascists. The whole idea of Caucasians is a complete, uh, it's BS. Somebody made that up to justify, you know, themselves as being superior race and all that, all that idiocy. So how do we get beyond that and say something more about the common humanity? Because it's, it appears to me in many ways in which there, there are movements to, to, to defy that, to deny our common humanity. It, um, it's what it, it, thank you. I, this is so profound. I, you know, it's hard to come up with something good to say. But you know, the Buddhists will talk about looking at the bigger picture. You know, mm-hmm. any religion will. What's the bigger picture? You know, it, it, when we think about who we are 
not just as a species, the human species, but it does come to what you could call a spiritual level without getting into any particular religion. It is on that level that that we have our yearnings and our our love and our kindness and our and our problems, right? And if you look at people and you really get to know people, you will realize that, you know, what's the difference between a, gray, a gay person and a straight person? A lot of this stuff is, is um, on the surface. And our culture, we are being um, distracted by bread and circuses, all this, all this cultural, this pop culture stuff, which mm-hmm. um, really doesn't allow a space where we can talk about what we really do have in common on some really deeper level. Why are we here? What are we doing? What does America represent and why is that important to us? What is freedom? What are we free to do? Am I free to, you know, to bop you over the head and take your money? You know, look around at the people who are laying on the street and, you know, eating garbage because they have, because of why? Because they've been, um, you know, abandoned by society. Our society is breaking down. And what do we have in common, really? You know, do you care about this person or that person or anybody except yourself? Right. And what is money and why do we need it and why, or why are we chasing it? And all this business about celebrity and fame, we do have to learn to think about these things and talk about these things. And to bring kids, and to bring kids together into a public school or any school and teach them to think and look around and form opinions and exchange their opinions with other people. And what is the truth? Because there's really, there's nothing like truth. And without the truth, we're living in some kind of uh, video game fantasy that's all about bang, bang, shoot them up, you're dead. What is, why, why are we alive if that's what we're doing? It's not fun. And I guess I'm on a rant. <laughs> you are, but I, I think it's a justified rant. Um, you see what I'm saying? Yes, As I do. Of it, what makes me really angry? Yeah. So and how do we? Um, and how do you get? How do we get beyond that, and and really um, move to to create this common humanity? So I'm not not just ranting to myself. What do I need to do to build that? To acknowledge that? Because there seems to be so much tearing us apart we're trying to do it right now at this moment I'm at the point where I can't express it anymore thoroughly I do not have the answer but right now what you're doing with this show and what people are doing by really talking and not just exchanging nonsense with each other about who's our favorite movie star or whatever okay you know yeah. I, we're trying to do it now, and I think we need to keep trying. And other than that, I do not have a solution. But I know the solution is not in violence. Yeah. It doesn't solve anything, and we can see how it's, how it's playing out. We have to be able to tell each other the truth and listen to the other person's truth and see where the real truth lies. That is... Because the idea that the truth will set you free... You know, and I think that was Frederick Douglass's education. Once he realized the truth about himself, I'm I'm lying. I'm not lying. I'm 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 trying to think into this. Yeah. I believe that once he realized the truth about himself, that he was a slave and what that meant, that set him free. Right. He didn't Very solve so. the problem, but he but he was he certainly added some good things to the world in doing so. And and as you have, Joan, by sharing this morning, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me do this. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to More Talk Radio here on KBOO. Our numbers are 503-231-8187. And let's go to Harry. Good morning, Harry. Oh, good morning, and thank you for taking my call. To go uh, to talk about our education system in the in this country, it first started out with private college, and then public, uh, then public, uh, sorry, uh, private schools, mm-hmm. and then public schools, 
and then we now have charter schools and home schools. So what what is better with the public schools? Usually they are um, they usually have a bachelor's degree or a, a teaching certificate. You need a bachelor's degree or I think usually a master's. You know, teach. but um, charter schools uh, you don't. Um, you you uh, you could be taught by a teacher who only has a high school uh, diploma. It's almost like going back to remember Melissa on um, uh, Little House on the Prairie. I mean, just you know, yeah. uh, uh, being is that good for children to be educated by just a uh, a teacher has a high school diploma, and then of course we have homeschools. Yes. And uh, for homeschools, well, they give you the pamphlets and the work people work. This is what you have to do. Yes. Do it. You know, and not not that the parents, you know, have that type of education or who can do it. Whatever the, um, uh, we don't see any statistics on homeschooling or charter schooling. Um, so um, we have these four different types of schools, and um, and what is best for our nation? We, you know, yeah. so. Um, uh, we have to make that decision what's best for our nation, not just for the individual. Right. Because, uh, well, that's a, that's a good point because I started to respond um, by saying, well, you know, for some individuals, for some families, maybe charter school or homeschooling is preferable. It works better. Maybe private school, maybe public schools. Um, but you just asked what's good for the nation rather than what's good for the individual. And I don't think many people uh, ask that question because people are concerned about their lives, their, their children's life, rather than the broader question, what's good for the nation? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, yeah. th- thank you for taking my question. Hey, thank you so much, Harry, and you okay, have bye. a great day. And you are listening to More Talk Radio here on KBOO, I am Cecil Prescott. Today is the 6th of February, 2023, and our numbers are 503-231-8187. And we've been talking this morning about our education system, um, what it is, what it ought to be, how it should e- evolve, and, and who should be included. Um, how do we create a society um, that uh, acknowledge that affirm a social cohesion as I believe Molly was was saying um, I believe Joan was talking about that earlier about uh, our common humanity as she built upon the insight of, of an earlier caller uh, Santiago how do we create a society where all are working together and how do we build upon that? And what is it about our society which allow people to remain in their own silos? How do we get beyond that? How do we acknowledge one another, as our callers suggested, and be able to listen, to hear, to work together? What is it about us that we need to do to build a society where all are are appreciated, all are heard, as one caller said, and all are affirmed? Lots of work to do, and you are doing it in many, many different ways in your communities by being a member of of this community radio station in your social organization and in your communities with your families we all are walking together differently on on this journey that we are experiencing that is called life how is it that we're able to work together to build together to create a better society Give me some of your thoughts. Um, what is it that you say uh, to others about what it is that keep 
you going that enabled you to build a better society? In our last few minutes, uh, give us a call, 503-231-8187. We talked about some good news uh, for those of in the Portland, Oregon area. Uh, the city workers' strike is over. They have reached a settlement, so that is good news for, for all of us. Uh, what is it about our education system that we need to focus on? How is it can we build together? And as one caller suggested, the question may not be, what's good for me? But, as Harry said, what's good for our nation? I think so often that in answering these questions, we're so focused on 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 ourselves that we forget the larger community that we are involved in. What builds community and how do we find ways to work together? No simple answers, no easy solutions to these questions, but I believe that um, by, by participating in our communities in many different ways, we help to build those things together. In a few minutes we have left, I have a question I want to throw out to to you uh, because I'm curious. Um, how do we get beyond our own ideological bubble? Uh, you know, I think all of us like to say that we are well informed, that we want the best for our society. But I think if I'm honest with myself, I need to acknowledge that some of the news sources I read or listen to or watch are very similar. There are certain uh, uh, certain broadcasts I do not watch, certain stations I avoid, how do I get beyond my own ideological bubble? Or should I? I mean, I know I'm right, but should I open myself to what other people have to say? I I don't know. And, and how do we do that? It's, it's really difficult. And as we witness the the divide that we've talked about somewhat earlier today in our country, it's very difficult uh, for us to to bridge those divides, and I think it's a part of the reason we have so much difficulty in some of the discussions around public education. But let's see what our next caller has to say. Anita, good morning, Anita. Hey, good morning, Cecil. I just wanted to answer your question. I think to get beyond our ideological uh, barriers is when you have a personal crisis and you have to deal with other people. And you're right, as long as we live in these bubbles, we're never going to understand what the other person is, is thinking about or their life experiences or their history. But having a personal crisis where you have to interact with other people. Mm. And and I suppose like those personal crises, because they're personal, they're, they are crises. It isn't something you can plan for necessarily, right? That's right. I think having a, a physician of another culture or another gender, uh, you're sort of like forced into an intimate kind of conversation that you otherwise would not happen hmm. have had occur. All right. Thank you so much, Anita. That's helpful. Well, I just love your show, and I just hope people support cable. I think what Althea and the news department is doing is fabulous. Well, thank you so much for your support, and you have a great day. And let's see if we can go to our probably our last caller, Roger. Good morning, Roger. Oh, hi, Cecil. A great show. I just have one little quibble. It's not what's best for our nation. It's what's best for our planet. Ah. 
for the, what's I, best for the creation. Which is, I, I, I'm not into this nation thing, and, and it, we, we need to stop having antagonization with other nations, mm-hmm. and we need to all figure it out together. I like that. Thank you for your show. Thank you so much, Roger. Thank you. I think that is probably a fitting conclusion to our program. What's best for our our world, for the creation itself? Thank you so much for being a part of this programming, for being a part of your communities, and in the struggles of life, be encouraged, knowing that we are not doing this alone, but we are uh, working um, on building on the work of those who went before us and we are preparing for those who will go come after us because we are building creating not only for ourselves but for generations to come not only for humanity but for creation itself continue to support continue to take care of yourself and stay tuned to programming here on KBOO thank you Ray for being our engineer this morning And we will see you next week on More Talk Radio. You're listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM in the Portland area and all over the world at kboo.fm. Playful Presence on KBOO every second Monday from 11 p.m. to midnight. Listen to improv.